Good morning, church family. I'm excited to be with you this morning. Um, I hope you have had a good week. So this week, this sermon, this message is going to be a little bit different. Oftentimes when, when I'm preaching, I have like some specific points that I say like, okay, I've read the text and this is what I see from the text. And I want you to hear me, listen to me and see these points that I have, this, that, that we see in the text and then we go about our day. This is a little bit different. I'm not necessarily going to be giving any specific answers to the text, but I hope that what this does is provide you an opportunity to begin to um, wrestle with a very, very difficult book um, in the Bible. Um, today we're going to be looking at Lamentations chapter 3. Um, we're going to be looking at the happy, the cheery part, or I'm going to explain a little bit about what's going on in the book in just a second. But I want you to see um, the, the author's response to suffering, in, inside of suffering, in relation to who God is. And then we're going to see who God is, but then we're also going to see kind of some of our responses. And so I want this to not just be a hear what I have to say and then say, okay, I heard a sermon and that's good. But I hope this sparks and begins a, a quest to, to further unpack the book of Lamentations and better wrestle with some of the other um, difficult psalms that we see that David and others wrote um, that deal with lament, uh, dealing with suffering, um, dealing with just both the, the ills of the world, the result of sin, but then also things that God have, has allowed or brings about um, due to sin or um, trying to get a point across. And so I think that we're real quick to jump to John 3.16 about God's love, but sometimes we're a little bit more hesitant to deal with the justice aspects of who God is. Um, it's very, very easy to say that, yes, God is a just God as long as I'm on the winning side. But when it comes to dealing with the justice aspect and maybe a, some, type of, some form of judgment on us, we don't, we don't like that. And so... Y'all that are either watching this or y'all that are here suffering under the sun um, are probably pretty familiar with a good theology of suffering. But when it comes to those outside the church or ones that uh, get frustrated with what God may or may not be doing in their life, um, it, it reveals a poor theology of suffering, um, knowing how to react and interact with God when calamity strikes. And so I hope that Today is an encouraging day, but also um, sparks an exploration to full, better understand um, some more complicated texts inside of our scripture and better understand how to relate and pray and communicate uh, to God. So before we dig into this, let's pray and then we will uh, begin. Lord, I just thank you for this day. I ask that, that your words would come across. And I ask that, that you would be glorified in this moment and that we would continue to see um, you work inside of our lives and inside of our church family during this season. In Jesus' name, amen. So the book of Lamentations is about the fall of Jerusalem. The people of Israel are experiencing some serious suffering. Um, I'm not going to go into great detail about what's going on, but I want to encourage you to kind of read some of that. And so chapters 1, 2, and then even the first part of chapter 3 are pretty dark, pretty grisly, 
and it explains a little bit about what's going on. It is made evident throughout the book of Lamentations that the reason that this suffering, this judgment is occurring is because of the people's sin. I think that it's too premature. I think it's unwise um, at this season to say that what we are experiencing in our country today right now is 100% because of sin or 100% not because of sin and just a natural occurrence. But what I think that it has revealed inside of both our country and inside of the church are things that we need to do some serious soul searching, do some serious business with, and do some serious repentance with. Um, one of the themes that we see throughout the book of Lamentations is a continual um, um, seeking of forgiveness and an eventual forgiveness given. So when you read through Lamentations, it is a very, very dark book and it looks like God is just uh, an evil man with a magnifying glass on top of his people. And that's not the case uh, forever. That is the case for this temporary period. And so what we need to realize is that there are going to be seasons, there are seasons where God may say, hey, uh, we need to do some house cleaning. And this very well may be a season where that's what is going on. Um, whether what we're seeing and experiencing is because of sin or not because of sin, I think that it's revealed some areas where, where we need to, to be repentant. Um, one of the passages that we're not going to look at today, but that did kind of stand out to me is in uh, chapter 2, verse 14. Your prophets have seen for you false and deceptive visions. They have not exposed your iniquity to restore your fortunes, but have seen your, for you oracles that are false and misleading. As I've been processing through this, I hear a consistent cry for revival. And I think that that is what this season is preparing us for. I think that we are going to see a revival inside the Bride of Christ. But oftentimes what happens is when we ask for a revival, we say the words revival, so revive the people of God, but what we're really asking for is an awakening. Awaken those people that are unfamiliar with God to a saving knowledge of who God is. And so for years, years I have heard that there is going to be a great revival in America. But what I think that what we want is an awakening and we want all the lost folks to become saved and to act right, but we don't really want to do any of the change inside of our own lives. And so um, what we're gonna look at today is who God is inside of suffering and then our response to it. Um, one of the things that I, um, what we're doing with the youth is going through like a, a daily devotional and then a small group teaching. And one of the things that we looked at this most recent week was King Josiah and then also Peter and the apostles um, before the uh, Pharisees being told not to preach the gospel. And what is required of those people is commitment. But before commitment can really truly take place, you have to trust the one that you're committed to. And so I hope that both your experience personally during this season and the words that we're going to see in scripture um, build up and, and grow a devotion and commitment to, to the King, to Jesus and to the Father. So we're going to read Jeremiah chapter 3, verses 22 through 41. And then we'll, I want to just unpack a few things and then we will conclude. Jer uh, sorry, Lamentations 3. Lamentations 3, 22 through 41. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. 
The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth. Let him sit alone in silence when it is laid on him. Let him put his mouth in the dust. There may yet be hope. Let him give his cheek to the one who strikes, and let him be filled with insults. For the Lord will not cast off forever, but though he cause grief, he will have compassion according to the abundance of his steadfast love. For he does not afflict from his heart or grieve the children of men. To crush underfoot all the prisoners of the earth, to deny a man justice in the presence of the Most High, to subvert a man in his lawsuit, the Lord does not approve. Who has spoken and it came to pass unless the Lord has commanded it? Is it not from the mouth of the Most High that good and bad come? Why should a living man complain, a man, about the punishment of his sins? Let us test and examine our ways and return to the Lord. Let us lift up our hearts and hands to God in heaven. What we see in this passage is a recognition of who God is inside of suffering. Not just who God is when everything is great, but who God is inside of suffering. And the next thing we see in this is kind of our response. When it talks about it is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord or they should have his mouth in the dust, this is an idea of humility, submission, and but then also a callback to repentance that's talked about earlier in the, in the book. And so that is kind of the role of a believer, or the role of a, of, a, of a follower, a son or daughter of God. This is Old Testament, so this is not, this is pre-Christ, but the way that God works is still very, very consistent. And so though this may be a little bit different than the way that, that God works and the G, what Jesus has already secured for us, um, the, the, the covenant, the new covenant, um, that was bought by Jesus' blood and resurrection um, does, is, is forever. We are forever his children. And these people were under a, a temporary covenant, the covenant of Mount Sinai, where uh, the people of Israel and God said, yes, we will, we will serve, we'll worship, we'll follow you. Yes, we're, let's be friends. And then they decide that they need to start melting down their gold earrings to, to form a golden calf. And so like these are the same people and this is the covenant that they're still under. And we're under a different covenant, but repentance is still an aspect of the covenant of, of, of Christ, the new covenant that, that we as New Testament believers are a part of. And then what we also see is the way that the people were supposed to interact with others. Um, to crush underfoot all the prisoners of the earth, to deny a man justice in the presence of the Most High, to subvert a man in his lawsuit, the Lord does not approve. We have a responsibility um, to, in the way that we interact with, with other people, both inside the church and outside the church, based on who God is. Um, I've, one of the things we've also been talking about during this season with the youth is the idea of our role as image bearers or image reflectors of who God is into the larger world. We are supposed to reflect back an image of who God truly is and not just what we want to make 
God to be. And so we have to model the characteristics of God and our broken capabilities um, the best we can. As believers, our, our mirror has been restored through Christ and his sacrifice. And the last thing that we see here is this idea in 40 and 41, let us test and examine our ways and return to the Lord. Let us lift up our hearts and hands to God in heaven. We must continue to make sure that we are following after what God has for us. Um, it's very easy to get sidetracked. It's very easy to get overwhelmed. And during this season, um, I think that it's even more so easy to get sidetracked or overwhelmed. And we must be focused on what is our purpose. Our purpose is to be sharing the gospel, sharing the Great Commission. Um, we, the Great Commission is, is no longer null and void just because we are living in, in a season of a pandemic. Uh, we still have a responsibility as believers. That's going to look a little bit different than it has for the last 50 years. But we still have a responsibility to be sharing the good news. But that good news has to also impact and affect our lives as well. And that is going to require repentance, not just like, oh man, sorry I messed up, but I recognize what I've done wrong. We're going to change and we're going to go in a new path. We're going to follow after what God has for us as believers. As uncomfortable as this season is, God has placed each and every one of us in this time at this moment. And we need to be obedient to what the Lord has called us to do. And first and foremost, that is to be for repentance and then following after what he has for us. So I don't necessarily feel like I gave you any answers, but I hope that you see throughout this text, um, as you see in this text, who God is, the goodness of God, but then you also can see um, how to respond in suffering. Not to get upset and angry and mad. I mean, that, those are going to be natural reactions, but this is just where we are, and we need to see what it is that God has for us. So I want to encourage you, spend the next week spending time in lamentations. See what it is that God may have for you. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you so much for this day. I ask that you would just continue to to grow us and mold us into the people that you have for us. You have placed us here for a specific reason and a specific time. I ask that, that you would just um, give us the strength to, to endure. In Jesus' name, amen.